the bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Alan Brimmer, uh, who is the president of Key Elements, which is a company helping people in the real estate investing field. Welcome to the show, Alan. Thank you, Jordan. It's good to be here. Let's just, before we get into the different things that you offer people, just give me your overview uh, of the real estate investing market right now. I mean, we've gone through a lot of turmoil here. Are things better or worse for people who want to be investing today? Depends on your strategy because you have to change your strategy with the times. So if you're continuing to do some of the things that worked back in uh, 04 and 05, then uh, things may not be going so well for you. But if you change things, depending on what's going on, then it can be a great time to invest. What are some of the factors that are affecting things positively and negatively as you're concerned? Well, a negative factor is that it's harder to simply put houses on the market and sell them for full market value, the traditional way of just asking for the buyer to be able to qualify for a loan and have a big enough down payment to pay you 100% of your money right away, or using a, an agent and listing the traditional route. It's taking longer in many places, and prices are going down in many places. So you can get around that by changing the way that you do business. Uh, there's a couple of different ways. Did you want me to go into, go into those now? We, we will go into those, but I'm just in, in general, so that's the negative. What is in general the, the, the positive about the situation today? The positive is that prices are lower in many areas than they previously were, and so you can get more of a deal. And as we all know, markets go in cycles, and right now it's it's going down and um, approaching the bottom or at the bottom in many places, and that's good news because if you buy now, then there's nowhere to go but up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, as I understand it, your company, Key Elements, helps people kind of organize themselves how to become better uh, real estate investors in various ways. What are some of the things that people do wrong when they get into the real estate investment field? Well, we call it real estate investing, but if you're going to buy and sell houses at any any significant level, then you really ought to treat it like a business and run it like a business. The challenge is that a lot of us don't have business experience starting out in investing. Many of us come from uh, corporate jobs or doing something else full-time and investing on the side, and going about it in a non-business-like approach or an unorganized approach is one, not going to get you the results that you want, but two, uh, could put you in danger potentially by investing the wrong way. So what are some of the business practices, and uh, this is kind of getting into what you offer, but some of the business practices that you talk about that would help uh, a real estate investor do it right? Having business experience, which I have I found that they can be divided into five different key areas. I call it the key elements of a systematic real estate business. Those things are the focuses that business owners should have, the things they should be paying attention to and working on and improving in their business, uh, not necessarily the the day-to-day work. Those five things are strategy and planning, marketing, which in our case is finding deals, finding uh, private money, finding sellers, finding buyers, uh, managing the money, management or managing a team to get more done so you don't have to do it all yourself, and the fifth key element is deal flow, the actual buying and selling of houses and getting the job done that makes the money. Okay. Maybe we can just start at the top there. Um, before we get into that, let me just tell you, ask you a little bit about more about the current environment. I mean, are, are you doing well? Are you knowing other people who are doing well right now in the real estate environment that we're in today? I'd say that most of the investors I know are not doing 
as well as they were before. And it's not because they they lack experience or doing the wrong things, but it's it's just not as simple as it was before to buy something for full market value and just wait for it to go up and then be guaranteed appreciation. It doesn't work that way, and it's really unstable when it does work that way. People are having to go back to basics, buying and holding, wholesaling, that kind of thing, uh, being really smart when you purchase. And so some of the folks I know aren't doing as many deals as they were before, but they're being a lot smarter about it and making good long-term purchases that they weren't before. Tell me a little bit about the financing environment. Uh, it seems like you know there's a credit crunch and banks are being tougher and asking for higher credit scores and lower loan to values and uh, you know in general just making it harder for people to qualify for loans. Is, is that what you're finding as well, or are there ways around that if you want to finance a purchase and, and an investment? It's harder to get loans the traditional route of qualifying for a loan and, and doing that, especially if it's the uh, non-owner occupied loan. The ways around it would be to use private money or to partner with someone that is able to qualify for a loan and then include him somehow in the deal. I've pretty much always used private funds because when I started, I was in college. I didn't have money. I didn't have any credit established yet. And it just makes it so much simpler to deal with a, uh, a friend or a business acquaintance that you can just share the information about the deal with and then get him to put up the funds to buy it without all the the qualifying ordeal to go through and rules changing and you never know if you're going to be able to get the loan even though they said you could or not. I found it to be a much easier way to do it. And how do you find uh, private money? How do you find investors who want to uh, finance some of your deals? That's a matter of just locating people who want to make a better return on their investment than they're currently getting elsewhere. Uh, there's a lot of folks, believe it or not, that have substantial amounts of money tied up in CDs and mutual funds or things that might only be getting them returns of 3 4 5 6%. And if you offer them the opportunity to safely get 12 15% on their money or something like that, then they often they'll jump at the chance to do it. Of course, it's a little harder because you have to show that you know what you're doing. You have to have credibility and trust and look professional. That's a whole art in itself. That's, that's uh, the third of the five key elements is money, how to raise it and how to manage it once you have it. <clears throat> All right, let's start with the first one. And again, I'm speaking with Alan Bremer. Uh, before we get started, tell, tell them your website and exactly what it is they'll find out at your website. You got it. My website is www.alanbremer.com. Just my name spelled out A L A N B is in boy, R Y, M is in money, E R. And it's a site with plenty of resources to go to to learn how to grow any kind of business, although I do have quite a bit for real estate investors there. Uh, by applying the five key elements for general business practices that help people to succeed. There's a blog, articles, uh, an info-sharing community, and things like that that can help investors on their way to get what they really want out of life. Very good. All right, well, let's start with the first part, uh, which is strategy. Um, so uh, you're saying a lot of people who get into real estate investing don't really have a strategy. How can they go about getting a strategy that's really going to help them be successful? We've got to pick what... You've got to know what you're good at and what you're not good at. You've got to know what it is you want out of life in general. If, if you just want to do this as a side income and to make some extra money here and there, you've got to have a strategy that helps you to get that, either by selling houses now or wholesaling houses to generate cash. If you're doing this for retirement or if you're not in as big of a hurry, then you have a buy-and-hold strategy. But not just that, but goals and planning in general. I mean, would you believe a lot of real estate investors are excited to pursue opportunities but often are just pulled in so many directions at once by pursuing multiple opportunities at once that 
they never really accomplish much in any of them. It's just trying to be too many things to too many people, whereas a lot of investors have had success just picking one or two things they do really well and continuing to do it in a strategic and a systematic fashion. So what would be some examples of particular areas that people could concentrate on as a strategy? Well, someone could, if they're in a market where it's going to be difficult to sell a house right away, then they might, and if they're really good at finding houses, then their particular niche might be wholesaling houses or getting a contract to buy them very far under market value and then selling them as still at a good deal to other investors who then can fix them up and sell them. You know, if, you're, if your forte isn't renovating houses or you just don't feel like taking that risk anymore or going through that process, wholesaling would be a good option for you in your case. Another one, too, if you're good at negotiating with banks and short sales, if you're good at finding pre-foreclosures and uh, you, you have the means of doing them, then short sales might be a good opportunity for you. And some folks are just really good at landlording. Other folks would not touch rental property with a 10-foot pole. So if, if you are cut out for it, then buying and holding is an excellent strategy now as well. So you don't have to sell at today's reduced prices. You can wait until later to do it. And rents are rising in many places as well, which makes it even easier to find tenants and to actually cash flow on houses for change. So those are the uh, different kind of strategies. And the idea is not to do two or three of them, but just you're going to be a landlord, you're going to be a wholesaler, you're going to be a, a short sale expert, and really concentrate on that, get good at it, and then you'll be much more successful than if you're all on the map. Is that the idea? Yes, although I do think it makes sense to know and be able to do as many of these strategies as possible, because if there is money somewhere, then it, it makes sense to be able to take advantage of it. But it, it also helps to have a plan and to focus on uh, predominantly the, the certain vehicles that will take you to where you want to be. And then you're saying that time management is an important part of strategy as well. But you, you find a lot of people do not manage their time well? Yeah, that's what I found. A lot of investors have full-time jobs, and any investing that they do is part-time, and they only have an hour or two per day. And so if you only had an hour or two per day, per day to find deals and you want to do as many as you can, what do you spend your time doing? And the sad thing is a lot of time is spent by investors doing uh, menial things that are important, but that they could be delegating to someone else so that their time is free to do the most important things. And that would be finding private money, like I mentioned before, and finding and negotiating deals. And you talk about the difference between leading and managing um, and whether you're going to be a leader or a manager. Talk about that a little bit as part of your strategy. You got it. Well, one of the things that I teach is that it makes sense to have a team of people that can do things for you since there just isn't enough time to do it all yourself, especially if you're, you're crunched for time, or you just flat out don't want to do it all yourself. You don't want to be a slave to your business forever. Then it makes sense to hire people. But I, I know when I first started out, I pictured hiring someone to be a huge ordeal. I thought I'd have to have an office. I thought that they would have to have 40 hours a week. It was going to be very expensive. But I actually found that in most areas, there are local, qualified, competent people who can be a personal or virtual assistant for as little as $10 an hour and take care of the errand running, the paperwork, the office-type stuff, the phone calls, the emails, and pretty much 80% of the things that real estate investors do, I've found from personal experience and from seeing the changes in the lives of my students, someone else could be doing for them. They can then focus only on the 20% of things that give them 80% of the results. So they're really not valuing their time as much as it's worth, is what you're saying? No. I mean, real estate investing is very lucrative. You can buy and sell a house and, and make a profit of twenty or $30,000 in a couple of months. So what is your time worth per hour? 
you know, at least 50 or 70 or $100 an hour or more. So if you're running the errands yourself, if you're going to Home Depot or the bank or the post office yourself, then unless they're giving you checks when you leave, you are wasting money. You're losing money just going in the door. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So that was the first part of the strategy, which is kind of looking at a whole vision, concentrating on something you think you're, you're best at, managing your time well, and then uh, get, to some extent delegation is an important part of the whole process. Absolutely. And you're saying a lot of people are really not very good delegators, right? No, no. Uh, people want things done right, and that's that makes sense, you know. But we, we tend to fall into the trap of believing that if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. My my counter to that would be, you know, if you think that only you can do something in your business, you might be right, but really examine what it is you're talking about. I mean, are are you the best person in the world at licking envelopes and stuffing letters and running errands? There's plenty of folks who can do that. So I would recommend making a big list of everything, starting at the bottom with the tasks that are impossible to screw up but are very time-consuming. And if nothing else, get a local VA or a VA abroad to do just those things, even if it's just two, three hours a week, because who couldn't afford an extra 20 bucks a week to have part of their life back again? Very good. Okay. Well, we're going to go to break. Uh, again, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and I'm speaking with Alan Breimer. His website is uh, Alan Breimer, spelled B-R-Y-M-E-R dot com. Uh, he's helped a lot of people become successful in real estate investing and getting the business strategies to make it happen. Uh, and so we'll be back after this with more on making the most of your opportunities in real estate. All we talk about is money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk talk money money all the time. time. Voice America Business. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. All we talk about is money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk Talk money money all all the time. Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. 
Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman. My uh, my guest this hour is Alan Breimer, uh, who is an expert on real estate investing and making the most of your opportunities in real estate. And in this difficult environment, uh, you might not think you can make money in real estate, but if you do it right, you really can. Uh, his uh, website is www.alanbreimer.com, B-R-Y-M-E-R.com. Welcome back to the show, Alan. Thank you. We talked about the five different uh, parts of being successful in real estate investing, the first one being strategy. Uh, the next one is marketing. Um, and, and this sounds like it's easy, but what's, what are the big mistakes people make in marketing in real estate? Well, it, it, inexperience, again, in business is something that makes it difficult. Unless you have a marketing background, then uh, you may not be good at generating leads. If in real estate, you might have ten leads or more. Uh, coming in, uh, ten ten people with houses for sale in order to find one really good one that'll sell it to you at a discount. And so, the more people you can get calling you with homes for sale, then obviously the more deals you're going to do. Now, plenty of ways to find deals: uh, direct mail, putting up signs, ads, things like that. Someone else could be doing. But the challenge is, many investors are so busy fixing up or managing the sale of their houses or doing other things that they neglect their marketing because they just flat out don't have the time to do it. So I found that if you're going to get someone to help you out, if you're going to build a team or get an assistant, the absolute smartest things you can have them do are things that create revenue for you or put you in a position to create more revenue in the future. For me, that would be marketing. And I'll give you an example. I had an assistant working for me part-time before I'd even done my first deal because I knew from the very beginning I just didn't want to be a slave to my business forever. And there's some things that I always wanted to delegate. My assistants over the years have been calling people in foreclosure and sending mail to people in foreclosure for me. Probably takes them an hour or two per day. But by doing that, they generated enough leads in the last few years to find over 40 houses that I bought, fixed up, and sold for an average profit of twenty to 30000 per house. So if you think about it, that's a million dollars of revenue coming into the business. Do you think that it paid for their $10 an hour salary? Absolutely. So that's Great. probably the smartest use of all to use an assistant for is marketing and helping you find more deals than you could possibly do on your own. Now, you think today with so many foreclosures, I mean, there's literally hundreds of thousands of foreclosures going on around the country, that finding good deals would be pretty easy because there's – public lists of these things all the time, there's foreclosure auctions. Is it a lot easier to find deals today than it has been in the past when the economy was better? There are more foreclosures, and the process is simple. You get a list of them, you contact them. But the challenge is it takes time. And who has the time to do it? If you've only got an hour a day to do real estate, you probably don't have the time to be doing that. Or you might do it for a month and then get sick of it, or you keep putting it off forever, or the results are off and on, off and on. And that's just not a business-like approach. So I, I, I wholeheartedly recommend getting someone else to do that kind of marketing so that you can focus on running the business, making the offers, making sure everything else gets done. Now, you say it's important as part of the marketing plan to create a niche. What, what do you mean by that? Something that you do well at, uh, a demographic or a, uh, a general geographic area that you want to focus on, types of deals you want to do. You kind of plan your marketing around that. I mean, it, it all depends on your talents, your strengths and weaknesses, and your goals. 
if you have the knowledge and the know-how to do luxury homes, then you would plan that to be your niche, and you'd base your marketing on that. You'd base your private money raising after that, as well as the rest of your processes of, of uh, renovating and selling houses. Other people have different niches, and it's really all about what you want in life. Uh, there's some kinds of deals that I just don't want to do, even though I'm capable of doing it, because they don't help me reach my life's goals. Maybe they're very time-consuming. Maybe they're in an area that's too far away. Maybe it's just harder to do those deals than in a different part of town. And so only you can decide for yourself what do you want out of life and how can your business help you to have that so that you stay in control, you become the master of your business and not the other way around, which can happen if you pursue every single possible deal type that's out there. You'll always be running around chasing after the next one instead of focusing on what gets you what you want. Maybe just mention briefly some of the niches that people might take a look at. You mentioned luxury homes, but what are some other potential niches? Luxury homes is one, wholesaling houses, uh, low-end houses, uh, perhaps war zone type areas. Uh, some people do really well there. Uh, Middle-of-the-road houses, certain, uh, certain areas. Uh, other niches are what you do with the houses once you've found them such as buying and holding or fixing up and selling right away. Some people don't ever want to fix up houses, and so they're specifically looking for pretty houses. And then other ways to categorize niches would be the ways that you find houses, such as finding them through probate or from people exclusively who are in bankruptcy or pre-foreclosure or foreclosure auctions and so on. Those are all different niches. And then you talk about how demographics and psychographics is important in marketing. Just maybe briefly talk about that a little bit. Sure. When you know what it is that you want, you've got to plan your approach. And in real estate, it's a little different because we're not just marketing to buyers. We're marketing to sellers and buyers. So all the more reason to really understand marketing. That's something that I've I've dedicated to, to teaching for that purpose. So if your niche is certain types of houses, you've got to ask yourself, well, who owns those houses? And how do they talk? How do they want me to talk? How do they want to be communicated? What should I sound like? What should my tone be? What kind of offer should I make? You've got to relate to those people or you're just not, your words aren't going to resonate with them. They're not going to call you back and you're not going to do any deals accordingly. You can't send the same ads to every, every single type of homeowner. It just won't work. And then you also talk about testing and analyzing results. Uh, is this something you find a lot of people don't really tend to do? I think a lot of people intend to do it, but they, they tend not to do it because it, it does take some time. I mean, really, that's the problem with, with most businesses. We're, we're running ourselves ragged doing all these little uh, time-consuming chores and details that we don't have the time to focus on the most important things, which is tracking your ads. And it really doesn't even take that long to do. But there's just so much to do to run a business or to invest in real estate, we often get caught up and don't do those important things. But I absolutely recommend you track all of your ads. Which ones are people responding to? How many calls are you getting from the different kinds of lead generating that you're doing? What does it cost you? What is your cost per lead, your cost per prospect? I mean, these are all things that I cover in some of the, the programs that I have to offer because it's very important to know and people don't do it. If you can track and know how much it costs you on average to find a deal, you can start budgeting. You can set goals. Uh, you know what it's worth spending in advertising in order to find one deal. Again, in order to help you to reach your goals and have the profits that you want. If it's not planned, then it's very haphazard and just not likely that you're going to get what you want. 
And you're saying you need to market both on the buying and the selling side, right? I mean, it seemed to me with a lot of uh, foreclosures and a lot of houses for sale these days that marketing to buy isn't, isn't going to be that difficult. It's the selling part that's more difficult today. Is that right? Yes, yeah, selling is definitely more difficult. And uh, some of the ways, I mean, you may still be able to put up a sign saying for sale and actually sell it that way. Most of the folks that I've spoken with just aren't able to do that anymore. Even listing it is getting a little more challenging to sell. And realtors have thousands of people looking for houses that your your house alert goes out to. So a lot of investors are taking it upon themselves to market their houses using some pretty sophisticated ways that are uh, uh, simple but just a little bit off the beaten path, such as lease optioning houses or seller, seller financing houses. You don't usually find those through buyer's agents. And so you've got to market to find people who can't qualify traditionally or through the traditional methods for houses. You've got to find them through uh, running ads or signs or direct mail to lists of tenants, things like that, ways of reaching people that everyone else is overlooking. It requires thinking outside of the box, but it can absolutely pay off if you do it well. Now, you, you've been talking all the time here about houses. Do, do you not believe people should be dealing commercial properties and stores and malls and those kind of things as well? Is that too complicated for most people? No, I'm actually glad you brought that up. I think commercial property is the way to go. I mean, a lot of people choose to focus on single-family houses. It's a great way to cut your teeth. It's a good way to get started. Your risk is lower, but I absolutely encourage everyone, once they feel like they're ready, then to move up to commercial because one deal could potentially make you 10 times more than you make just from one single-family house. Not to mention the commercial market in a lot of places, I know it is in mine, is a lot better than the residential market. And it's appreciating well, the rents are rising, and it's just a good time to do it. Not to mention uh, one other thing, the economies of scale that come from having commercial property. You only have one big roof to replace every 20 years or so instead of 10 or 20 smaller roofs that to manage all at once. So it's, it's a lot less expensive to take care of things on a larger project than it is for smaller individual ones. Is your sense that the commercial real estate market is holding up relatively well compared to, I mean, there's not a lot of foreclosures and not a ex, lot of excess inventory there where there might be more on the residential side? That's my feeling. I have not looked at any, any data recently to back that up, but from the reports I've read on my local area, as well as a couple other investors that I've networked with recently, that's the word that I've heard. But to get into that, you need uh, more money, you need uh, more expertise. You, know, you say you get much higher returns, but what, what do you need to be qualified to get into commercial? Well, if you don't have – it's just like single-family houses. If you don't have the money or the credit or the knowledge yourself, you can always partner with people who do. Uh, one of the people that I borrowed quite a bit of money from to buy single-family houses with made his fortune initially with buying apartment buildings with none of his own money invested. He would syndicate them. He would raise private money from groups of five to ten investors who would all go in together to purchase these buildings. He would take care of the management and make sure that everybody got paid. And He did the legwork, but he didn't have the money or the credit initially to do it, yet that's how he got started. In fact, he even liked that strategy so much, he kept doing it even after he had his own money and his own resources, because you can always accomplish so much more by joint venturing with others than by trying to do it all yourself, even if it means you have to give up some of the profits. And you're more leveraged, you're saying, in commercial real estate, because you're putting in maybe a bit more money, but you're controlling a much larger property, and therefore if it sells well, the rents go up, your, your incremental profit is much higher than with the residential. That's right. 
What particular commercials do you like? Do you like apartment buildings or hotels or stores? What kind of things do you find are good in today's market? Well, I'll qualify myself first. My goal, my focus is single-family houses just because they're so step-by-step uh, -step and systematic. They're all the same, and it's a good way to really systemize it. But uh, if I was going to do larger buildings, I would probably do uh, office buildings because then you don't have the same kind of tenants that you would with residential apartments. Uh-huh. Terrific. Okay. Well, again, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money After Show, and my guest this hour is Alan Brimer, who's an expert on real estate investing. His website is alanbrimer, B-R-Y-M-E-R.com. And we'll be back after this with much more on investing in real estate. All we talk about is money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk, talk money, money all the time. time. Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. What I want to be when I grow up by Johnny Mike. Dad, it's John. I got the promotion. We'll call him John Jr. You'll speak over 500 million words in your lifetime, but none of them will be as important as the words you use to tell your six-year-old he has cancer. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. Sell, buy, buy, sell. All we talk about is money. Talk to an expert. Call now. Call now. Toll free 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Alan Breimer, uh, who is an expert on real estate investing. And even though the times in real estate may seem tough, he's saying there's lots of ways to, to make money and do well in real estate. His uh, website is alanbreimer.com, A-L-A-N-B-R-Y-M-E-R.com. Uh, before we go on a little bit further, Alan, just tell people what kind of services uh, you offer, both at your website and individually in helping people invest in real estate. Sure. I think the thing that people like the most from the website. It's a free report that I wrote that summarizes and also expands on the things that we're talking about right now. It's, it's, the, uh, it's a free report on the five key elements required to run a systematic real estate investing business. That goes into more detail about the five key elements, like you said. Also, I, I wrote a course called The Assistant Who Pays Their Own Salary that shows everything you need to know from hiring to firing to getting a local person to work as many or as few hours as you want running your errands, making your phone calls, doing the 80% of the work that investors should not be doing themselves. Even, I might add, uh, rent managing property for you on an hourly basis rather than 
paying a, uh, a property management company 6 or 8 or 10% of the rents, whether anything happens that month or not. And imagine the money you could save just from doing that. So that, that's the most popular course that I have by far. Okay. The, the third element in successfully doing a real estate business is money. Um, so let's take that uh, piece by piece. Uh, the first one is uh, bookkeeping. So what do people need to know about bookkeeping to keep a real estate business going well? Well, the first thing would be that you need to do it, and that's probably the biggest challenge to overcome. It is something that not all of us are familiar with, and therefore we tend to put off or neglect. And if your records are a mess, you really don't have a way of knowing how successful your project is. I mean, how much money did you have invested in a house? How much money or equity did you create or cash from it? You might be losing money and not even know it if you don't have the records to review and to take the time from time to time to see how your cash flow is and how your profits are going. So most people should hire a bookkeeper if they're not going to do it themselves? Yeah, I don't recommend doing it yourself even if you know how because it's just not the best use of your time. I always recommend getting other companies to do things for you if they can't get your assistant to do it for you, and then only as a last resort, heaven forbid, do it yourself. The second uh, part of the money equation is cash flow survival. Um, so you, you call that a life or death matter. Tell, tell us a little about the best ways to manage cash flow in real estate. You got it. Uh, again, you can use your records to have a feeling for how much your business costs you to run. Now, there, there's ways to do it on a very low overhead. I mean, there's of course, ways to market your business and to find deals without having to spend any money. But if you're in a hurry and you want to get more deals faster, then you've got to spend money in marketing in order to have enough leads coming in to do the number of deals that you want. And so if you are paying money for marketing or for anything that your business requires on an ongoing basis, then you have got overhead and you've got to learn how to manage that. You need to know how much it costs you on average each month and to plan accordingly. I'll give you an example. If I know that I spend about 2000 a month running my real estate business, which sounds like a lot, but keeping in mind, by doing that, you could do at least one deal a month and make profits of $20,000 or more. If I know that it's going to cost me that much money and I'm, my account's running a little bit low, then I might negotiate a deal in such a way that I can buy the house and wholesale it in order to create the money that I need to continue paying that overhead in future months. Or if I have a little more funds, but I still don't want to run out three, four, five, six months from now, you could plan on selling it right away or as fast as you can for its retail value in order to build up a cash reserve to take you through uh, for remaining months or the rest of the year. But if you have a ton of cash that you're sitting on and everything's fine, then you can buy and hold and make even more money in the long run. The key thing is to choose according to your cash flow forecast and make decisions based on that and not haphazardly. You talked about uh, real estate coming back in the long run. Um, I mean, some would say that, you know, we had an enormous real estate bubble in the mid-2000s, and, uh, the, you know, financing was so easy and so on. Now it's become very hard. What is your overall prediction of uh, the real estate market? Is it going to keep falling further and then come back, or has a lot further go down, or is it near the bottom? Give me a general sense of where we are in the real estate cycle. Okay, I know that in the long run, real estate is cyclical, and it goes up and it goes down, but overall it keeps going up, and when it goes down, it, it rarely goes below where it was before it originally started shooting up to begin with. So far as uh, how far we are and, and exactly when we're going to hit the bottom and how long it's going to flatline before it comes back up again, I can't say just because every area is so different, but I do know that traditionally values do not go down more 
than 20 or 25% of their former market values. So if you're keeping an eye on things and comparing houses' current values to what they used to be, then uh, you can get a feel for when it's getting close to being at the bottom. Now, some people prefer to just wait until it's at the bottom and they feel like it's about to go up, and that's certainly one strategy. Other folks want to continue buying and selling all along the way, no matter what the market is, and just changing things up a little bit here and there. It all really depends on what you want. Okay, now you talk about uh, budgeting also as an important part of the whole money equation. Uh, You're finding a lot of people don't really budget very well? No, it it takes a lot of discipline to do, and and budgeting I would put in the same bowl as uh, cash flow forecasting, like I'd mentioned before. Know what your costs are, plan accordingly, make decisions based on that. Something you can't neglect, but be careful because if you don't have that assistant doing those 80% of tasks for you, then guess who's going to manage it? or manage the finances. No one is. That's one of the things only you can do. So make sure you're putting first things first and focusing on the key elements and not everything else. Okay, then you talk about records and keeping proper records. That That's different than what you're talking about as far as bookkeeping, is that right? When What kind of records do people need to keep? For the most thing, it's bookkeeping, but it's also smart to have organized records of settlement statements and notes and the paperwork from the deals that you have, not only in case the IRS asks you for it later or you have to produce it, but just for the sake of of time management. I mean, who wants to be looking through folders and and searching for lost paperwork constantly? It really pays to be organized and have a good uh, good filing system and organizational process in order to save you time. And then finally, you talk about financing uh, deals. Um, particularly in this kind of credit crunch environment, it, it takes probably more creativity than ever to uh, finance deals. What are some of the creative ways that you're seeing people uh, financing real estate deals these days? Well, it, again, I don't. I've never really been a big fan of just going to the local uh, loan company and getting a loan and buying a house. If you're going to do a short-term deal, because there's no sense in getting a 30-year loan if you're only going to have a house for three, four months or so. I'm a really big fan of private money because it's as simple as making a phone call, going over some numbers, and getting funds from someone who trusts you to do your job without having to jump through a thousand hoops. If that's not possible or you just don't have enough private money available, then getting hard money loans is possible as well. And uh, those are usually very fast funding, short-term loans, uh, very expensive but often quite worth it. The challenge is that there's a short deadline of of three months or sometimes even six months, you might find yourself in a bind if you're unable to sell the house within that time frame. Whereas with private money, it's whatever you negotiate. And uh, a private individual is a little more able to understand when homes are taking a longer time to sell. The other ways, though, would be wraparound mortgages or taking over other loans subject to or ways to get the seller to finance the house to you so that in some cases you don't need any money down whatsoever. And in other cases, you might need a little bit to pay the seller to move or to do some minimal repairs or things like that. I'd say most of the houses I've bought have been bought by taking over the first mortgage and then borrowing a second mortgage from a private individual for fix-up and paying the seller and uh, to, to come up with all the cash that's actually needed to do the deal before putting it on the market and selling it again. Although you could do the same thing and hold property as well as long as you want as long as your private lender is willing to wait. 
So the private lender is basically giving you a second mortgage on the property and at a higher interest rate than you get from the bank, but you might be able to get it more easily. It might be a 8 or 10 or 12% interest rate on the mortgage, the second mortgage, but it's easier to qualify for because you don't have to go through all the hoops of the banks. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, and it makes the deal possible in most cases, whereas it wouldn't even be possible before. Yeah. Um, okay, and so you're saying this. A lot of people will still a lot of money, even though people seem to be scared. If they have something, and I guess once you've done a deal or two and you have a track record, it makes it easier going forward as far as approaching private money. Is that right? Well, it, it certainly makes you look better if you can show someone a couple examples of deals that you've done successfully. Uh, but then again, everyone has to start somewhere, and everyone gets private money for the first time from someone. You may want to fund your first few deals yourself just to get that experience, but when I first started out, I didn't have a choice. I had no funds, but I was able to successfully sell the idea based on the merits of the deal, especially if someone has done it before. There's plenty of private lenders that have invested in real estate, and they know the process. They know how it works. If you can show them you're buying it low enough and that you have a good exit strategy and that you'll be able to perform and get them to believe in you just by showing other accomplishments you've had that you're a responsible person, even if not in real estate, then it, it absolutely can be done. Might be a little harder though. Might be a little harder though in a in a slower market. Uh, so you really have to be able to sell them on the idea that you can still make money using some of the strategies that we're going over today. Yeah, I think in this market, uh, the private lenders are going to be a little bit more nervous because it's just the whole credit crunch and how the housing market's slower and, and more difficult to, to buy and sell. But you're saying it's, it's certainly doable. And to some extent, you, there's going to be less competition uh, than there would be in you know hotter markets. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Very good. All right, we're going to go to a break here. Again, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and my guest is Alan Breimer. Uh, his website is Alan, A-L-A-N-B-R-Y-M-E-R.com. He helps a lot of people improve their real estate investments with a very business-like way of going about things. Uh, and we'll be talking more about investing in real estate after this. Stocks, bonds, 401ks, investments, refinancing. We can help you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Achieve total wealth management. Listen to Three Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, right here on Voice America Business. Three-Dimensional Wealth is a show dedicated to teaching you a value-based approach to comprehensive wealth management through practical strategies and expert advice. Take your first step down the road to financial independence. Listen to Three-Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf, Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. 
money, up-to-date business and financial news. Money, money. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Alan Breimer, uh, who's an expert in real estate investing. Uh, He's given us a lot of great ideas so far. He's going to give us some more on how to make the most out of uh, real estate opportunities. His website is www.alanbrymer.com. Welcome back to the show, Alan. Thank you, Jordan. The next segment you talk about in uh, making uh, good decisions in real estate is is management and uh, different ways of managing the whole process. And, And the first thing there is business systems. Tell us a little bit about what kind of business systems need, people need to put together to be successful in real estate. You got it. I, I think that anything worth doing is worth doing well, and a system is the smartest way to get something done over and over again and getting you the results that you want. Anything you're going to do over and over again, such as, uh, well, for example, a system for qualifying and pre-screening houses and analyzing them, making sure that you don't forget any of the due diligence you're supposed to do so you make a bad decision. Uh, the process for buying houses, the process for how you get your bookkeeping done, anything worth doing is worth having a process for that. And so that's something that I have been uh, hammering my students over the head with is that you just have to have these systems and then you have to have someone to run them for you. Once you've got something systemized in a checklist or whatever, it's very easy to give someone else, give it to someone else and have them do it since they don't they no longer have to be an expert in what it is that it outlines. And then you say hiring is important. Uh, there's a lot of people in the job market today. Is, is it easy to hire people that are good in this area today? Yeah, not only is it easy, but if you're, if you're doing it the way that I teach, it can be very easy and you get a better deal for what you're paying. I'll give you an example. I have probably hired and fired uh, quite a few assistants over the years I've been doing real estate. And I've hired all the wrong people. I've tried things the hard way. I've paid them too much. And I've learned that management is not something that you just find the nearest warm body and tell them what to do and expect everything to come out rosy. I mean, it, it's a, there's a real system for that as well. So I found that if you hire the right people, they're going to be folks who do not necessarily have to have the money. They're just doing it because they want to stay busy, they want to stay sharp, and most importantly, they want to work from home. So the way I show how to do it, I get about 60 applications of people wanting to work for me in three days just running the ads that I run. Very easy then to sift and sort through those in a, in a short amount of time in order to find a real superstar who can get the job done but doesn't want to have to come into an office every single day. In exchange for that, you can pay them a little less than they might make in an office somewhere. And the part I like most of all, they're flexible. You don't have to pay them or 10 hours worth of work a day or five hours worth of work a day, whether there's anything to do or not. You only pay them for as many hours as they work, and they only work as many hours as you happen to need on that given week. Imagine the money you can save by uh, controlling your overhead expenses like that. Because a lot of people are probably paying for hours that aren't really that necessary or aren't productive, really. Absolutely. And if I, if that was the case, a lot of investors couldn't even afford an assistant. So if someone wants to work for you, 
on a part-time basis, but they have to have so many hours, and that's more than you can promise or that you feel you have for them to do, move on to the next person. Just give them a range of something like two to ten hours per week. And if, they, if they're not okay with having a month straight where there's only three hours a week or a couple weeks straight where there's nine or ten hours a week, then they're just not the person for you. And, if you, again, if you have a system for hiring the right people, you don't ever have to compromise. You don't ever have to do things you wouldn't normally do and let them be in control of your business. You can stay in control of your business. And then you're saying once you've hired these people, you have to train them. Is, is that hard to do for a lot of people today? Well, a lot of folks tend to be uh, perfectionists or control freaks and, and spend way too much time training and monitoring their assistants. A lot of people don't ever get one to begin with because they think they're going to have to do that. But, you know, the system that I have for it pretty much shows the balanced route. You, you still have to give an investment of time, but it's more like would you spend an hour, Jordan, in order to save 10 hours? You know, would you spend an hour training someone so that they can do 10 hours worth of work for you every week or every month and save you I don't know how much of your time in the future? And it's an investment, but it's totally worth it, and it can be done very easily using the right methods. The last part of your course on uh, doing real estate is, is doing deals, as you call it. Um, the, the first part of that is finding your dream team. What are some of the elements you need in your dream team? You need people to provide the services that are required in order to buy, fix up, uh, lease, maintain, and sell houses. And the, the hierarchy that I have, if there's anything that needs to be done, the first thing is to get another company to do it, since that's probably going to be their expertise and so you won't have to oversee the management of it. Examples of that would be hiring a law firm to do your legal work, finding the right realtor if you use one, the right uh, title company, uh, the, right the right contractor, the right people to provide those services for you. If you don't have those, then you're dead in the water because it makes, you, it makes it difficult for you to perform on your promises. It makes it difficult for you to make as much profit as you could if they're not doing their jobs. So you've got to have a good team but I'd say even in addition to that, something that's often neglected would be having your own team of staff, uh, independent contractors, of course, to spare you all the mountains of paperwork you might have to go through otherwise, but an assistant to do things that no one else will do, such as making your phone calls, running your errands, and this is my favorite part, not just business, but personal errands as well. Because isn't, isn't time time? You know, any time you save, whether for business or personal reasons, is time that you can spend with your family or doing more of what you really want to do out of life. So I recommend having that same person running personal errands, uh, picking things up at the store for you, and making your life easier because isn't that what real estate is all about, getting what you really want in life. And then you're saying you need to have a system for streamlining purchases. What are some of the ideas there? Well, it can be complicated to, to close on a house since there's many things that have to be done. I mean, once the paperwork's done, there has to be a title search. You may want an inspection of the house, a termite inspection, like getting insurance on the house, uh, going, creating the paperwork necessary to close the deal. These things need to be done on time, and if you've made promises to the seller, as I do when I say, look, I will buy your house on the date of your choice, then you need to be able to perform when you say that you will. And some of the first few deals I did when I was a little more disorganized, the closings would just drag on forever, and it would take several days or even a week or two longer than I'd originally promised. It made me look bad, and that's when sellers start to back out and consider selling to somebody else. So it, it pays to be organized and have systems in place to do that. 
Okay. Um, and then you talk about uh, systemizing rehabs. Is, for some people that do like to do rehabs, how can you systemize that? Well, if you're going to... If you're going to rehab a house yourself, it better be because that's how you really want to be spending your life and not just to save money. I never advocate doing the rehab yourself because it's just not the most important use of your time. But for anything that you are going to do yourself, if you choose to, it pays to have all of the steps outlined. And you can do this simply as just writing a checklist on a piece of paper, although I do have a – if you go to alanbrimer.com, there's a, a course as well on how to systemize your business Write the things that you need to know and, and how it's supposed to be done in an organized fashion so that you can do things the same way every time and not have to reinvent the wheel or remember how it's done every single time, which will save you time and money when you do that. You, so systemize your rehabs, whatever you do to sell houses. It makes sense to do. It doesn't take much time to do it all. and It's a much more professional and organized approach to investing in real estate or, frankly, anything that you do. And then you talk about autopilot rental management. It's something that can be made pretty easy to kind of run on itself if you do it right. How do you set that up? It depends on the property. If you're going to do large commercial properties with dozens of tenants, then it may make sense to hire a property management company to do it for you. From the rentals that I have, I've never wanted to make that kind of expense because it could be you know, one or $200 per house or more per month, whether the property management company even does anything or not. Aren't there some months where all you have to do is collect the rent from that person and make the mortgage payment? There's no repairs to do. There's no issues to resolve. Some months are just like that. And I have some tenants where I haven't even spoken with them for two years. There's just nothing to do, and I don't want to pay someone to do no work. I prefer to pay my assistant by the hour to handle problems as they arise. And I'll give you one cool idea. One of my students in Salt Lake City recommended, he doesn't give his phone number to his tenants. He never has to speak with them again. His tenants call his assistant's number. She handles any of the property management for him. She just has a list of, if they want this, do this. If this happens, do this. She's She's even agreed to take calls after working hours and late at night. He just pays her what they call an emergency rate. So several times he's woken up in the morning and found out that a leaky pipe's already been fixed because she called the plumber, and he didn't even have to wake up or, or do anything about it. Terrific. All right, you've really given us a lot of great ideas. Again, for the audience, uh, if you want to follow up with Alan, his website is www.alanbrimer.com, A-L-A-N-B-R-Y-M-E-R.com. Uh, even in this market, you can still do quite well in real estate, and Alan's kind of shown us a lot of the different systems you have to set up to make that happen. So thanks very much, Alan. What would be your final word to people who want to get investing in real estate? My final word would be don't be afraid to invest in real estate. Just know what you want. Find the approach that's going to help you to get there. And, of course, if anything's worth doing, it's worth doing well. So commit yourself to learning the five key elements of systemizing your real estate business, making as much money as you can with as much ease as you can. And for those who want to learn more about the five key elements, there is the report available at the homepage of alanbrimer.com. Well, thanks so much, Alan. It's really been fascinating. I'm sure this will help a lot of people invest in real estate. And thank you, audience, and we'll be back again next week. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.